Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 12, on the 12th one now, of the Dream Team podcast. I am your host, as always, Jake Schultz, and joining me are my other hosts. To my left, you guys like that? You get a little smile there. Uh, to my of, left, we're out of order today, Jake. Oh my god, it's throwing me off. Yeah. First to my left is Spencer Claus. Moving on up, and selfie shake. I'm just jumping down. In you the are. Rankings. It's falling. The motion. It's the more that you get famous, that you're just like slowly <laughs> inserting yourself outward. You're just like, we're, we're, yeah, we're just projecting onto you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Daniel's not here again because this guy thinks that he's so cool being in LA. Oh, being in Cali, he's good big, weather, big such time a cool guy. guy. Meanwhile, we're all dying in Toronto weather with yeah. thirty degree weather. I'm also I'm wearing pants still. I don't know why I'm doing that. I don't know how you're doing that. Am I the only one wearing pants in this room? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of smart though. This room gets chilly. Could be also because I haven't done my laundry. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I was giving you an out, but go ahead, go with that. Hey, I, you know what? I I'll be always be open to the listeners. Okay, especially Dan Scoff. Okay. Will always be open. Shout for out him. Dance which apparently the only defining feature to him is my exasperated mm-hmm. sigh on this channel. Yeah. It's it's a very defining characteristic for you. That's what it, he tunes in for. Is, is that what I'm going to be known for? Is the guy that sighs all the time on everything? I mean, are you going to keep sighing all the time on everything? <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> well, there you go. That wasn't even on purpose. No, it wasn't that even was on purpose. Just a I fully sigh. just did it. I think that's just my thing. Is <laughs> I just sigh at everything. There you go. I guess I should be a lot more happier. Yay. All right. Episode 12. Not a lot this week happening for the first time in a while. It's kind of slowing down a little bit. No big trades. There was one trade. Well, there's a three-team trade. Yeah. Everything else kind of kind of chilling. The main news to have dropped this week surrounding everyone's favorite, James Harden. Once again, in the news, he requested a trade a little while back. Um we heard all of the reports of Maury kind of taking his time, being like, well, I'm, I'm not going to get scammed on this trade. I'm going to do what's best for the team. And apparently, Maury and Harden's relationship has deteriorated. That was another piece of news that dropped through this. But the main one is that Harden, for sure, this has been confirmed by multiple people, Chris Mannix specifically, uh, is that the Clippers are his team and that the, he wants to go to no other team but the Clippers. So once again, we have a disgruntled quotation marks on Harden specifically for disgruntled superstar wanting to move specifically to one team and the Clippers are his preferred destination and they are interested but no it seems that Terrence Mann and and what's <laughs> left of their first draft cap- capital is not going to be going back according to the Clippers so if the Clippers want James Harden they're going to give up who is Terrence Mann untradeable or something? The, Apparently. <laughs> this was the news a while back when the Clippers were trying to make trades for other people. It was that Terrence Mann was not the the piece they wanted to give up, especially in the Lowry when Lowry was on the trade market for the Raptors. That was the main one I was seeing is that Terrence Mann is untouchable to the Clippers. Okay. Which is, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt, but why? I don't know. I mean, he's not I don't bad, get it. He, he averages. He's not bad. 26 He averages old. nine points a game, but that's my point. He's 20. <laughs> you're not talking about a young prospect. I think they think he is, though. But why? Like, people, I don't know. And you're right. A lot of people think of him as a young prospect. Hell, I thought of him as a young prospect. He's 26. He's, two, he's 26 and 274 days. That's closer to 27. <laughs> He's the same age, basically, as like a Pascal Siakam, who his, nobody would think is a young prospect. They they know he's a veteran. So yeah. like, what are we doing here? His role hasn't really grown either. Like his his efficiency went up, but he played less minutes per game last year than the year before. This is like the Points Lakers down, saying they're they're down. not going to trade Taylor Horton and Tucker. <laughs> yeah, like same idea. And look what happened. They ended up trading him because the value just obviously wasn't there in terms of his potential. It's weird. I don't get it. I I like Terrence Mann. I like him as a backup point guard. I don't really love him as a full-time point guard, but then when you have the opportunity to get James Harden on your team and you're like, no, Terrence Mann, we can't trade him. We need him on our team. He is the glue that keeps this to me, court. To me, this together. signals the Clippers are so worried about this uh, Kawhi PG era. Like, just Obviously, it hasn't gone their way, but it shows like a fear that's going to blow up tremendously at the end of it because if they're not willing to give up a quote-unquote young prospect, they're probably planning for the future then without Kawhi and PG. And, like, to be honest, I kind of understand it because it's like, hey, 
we see the window is closing and there's maybe like only like what two years left of this that's generous yeah exactly so like they're like why would we want to bring on a james harden who's looking for a long-term deal which is not a secret or surprise that's why he opted in so he can get the bag and then get moved and then get extended like he wants it's his last chance for a big bag yeah like he wants all the money so they're like well why are we gonna do that when we only have like what two years again generously of Kawhi and pg who's and paul george is already in rumors as well to be traded in some kind of a move so like it to me to me this signals that like they are looking for the next era be, uh, after Kawhi and pg and that is an entire different conversation altogether right. but yeah the james harden stuff is is weird like i get why he wants to go to the clippers it is a team where one he has la ties james harden's from la a lot of la guys are there obviously in Kawhi. In PG, and now you have Russ as well, who reportedly he likes the idea of reuniting with, even though like they didn't really have much success. But fair enough, James, go ahead. So like, I get that part. And the other thing I do understand is that he is a very reliable player. You can say what you want about James Harden, but he's had like what one major playoff injury. Other than that, like his only struggles in the postseason have just been performance-wise. But he plays, especially regular season games which not a lot of other guys on this uh, Clippers team do. Like, he does not miss many games in the regular season. Right. Russ is a bit similar in that way. So it, it would bode well in the sense that PG and Kawhi, who do miss a lot of regular season games, they can, like, kind of take a back seat in that regard when they need to. But at the same time, like, there's there's so many mouths to feed on that team. Yeah. I don't know how – like, I feel like if James Harden's there, PG has to be moved. But, like, well, how far is your championship window then? I don't think it changes at all. Part of why Harden wanted to leave the Nets was because there was too many mouths to feed. And he wanted to go and have like a bigger role. Yeah. And now he wants to go to a team where he's going to be the third option behind two guys, possibly the fourth option behind Westbrook. I don't think. No. Yeah. yeah, But you know what I mean, right? Like that is four bona fide stars that you're feeding consistently. And my main thing that comes to this is why is no one giving him the same amount of treatment that Kevin Durant gets for requesting trades? Oh, I'm so over James Harden. I'm going to keep it really short and simple. Like what's happening this is his third time he's requested a trade in three years. But do you think that's why there's no trade market for him? Is because everyone's just like, well, what's he going to be bored after a year? Like, why? How, how can he get better than Philly for I him? think it's that and the same thing with what Zolfi's saying for the Clippers specifically. Like, why would you take him on? There's interest, but if you're wanting a long-term contract, it doesn't make sense for this team that, let's be honest, no one talks about the Clippers anymore. No one cares about the Clippers because they're always hurt. They made their big move in trying to get Kawhi and PG, two homegrown guys to win a championship. It's not going like, to happen. It just didn't happen. And so it, people and are it won't. It. And it literally won't. Like I, I don't have any faith in this. Is anyone going to have faith that they're going to be healthy by the time playoffs come? No. no, because everyone did last year, and then Kawhi died again. Look, if I see this move happening, it's for two reasons. One from the Clippers side, and one from the uh, Harden side. If Harden does this, he, it's, in my eyes, is showing that he gives zero bleeps about winning a championship. He wants to go home to L.A., he wants to make a lot of money doing it, and he wants to be comfortable. And by all means, he can do that, but the idea of him winning a championship is out the window, if you ask me, if he just wants to go to L.A. and like probably purge the team of their, of their talent, right. the young talent, quote-unquote. And from the Clippers' perspective, they're opening a new multi-billion dollar arena in L.A. that's not going to be in connection to the uh, Crypto.com arena. So, so they're going to have no fans place. there? Yeah, so this is the thing. Like Right now, like do, uh, does anybody think that arena is going to be selling out every night? No. Probably not. You know what I mean? So you add a hometown talent and kind of market them as like your hometown stars leading the team if you somehow keep Paul George. So you have like, again, Paul George, Kawhi, Russ, and James Harden, LA guys. So maybe there's a marketability factor there. Maybe. I don't know. I really can't think of many other really good reasons for the Clippers wanting him. And that's insane to say about a guy who's technically still an all-star, led the league in assists. But just the way he's trending in terms of like, always wanting to ask out of teams when when the first sign of like anything goes wrong he seems to be wanting to request a trade and then his aging and the number of like dollars you're just gonna have to give him like i don't see why any other team would want him other than like hey we can market around him yeah also i'm just looking at the clippers draft picks because i knew they were a bit shaky and like how can they just keep trading assets they don't have any they no, have they two don't. picks for the next three years. They gave up a billion for Paul George, and now they're apparently willing to trade him. And that's why I laughed when there was all the reports of like, oh, the Clippers have interest in Pascal Siakam. Who? Like, who are you Literally. giving up? They, they have two, 20, 2024, two seconds, and that's all their picks for the next three years. No picks in 2025, no picks in 2026. Apparently seconds are like chicken scraps at this point now. We saw what happened at the trade deadline where everyone was just tossing five of them away. You want, well, five, you want five of them? Here, take these. Hometown connection. One of those seconds this year is the Raptors. Oh, cool. Jeez. Yeah, I don't know. I'm a little... I'm kind of over 
James Harden and everything that's happening right now. It is it's very annoying, and then especially when people at the 76ers reportedly are worried that Harden's going to do what he did in Houston and start bulking again and like do that as his way of trying to leave. It's ridiculous. And I'm kind of fed up of this type of behavior because when people talk about the NBA being a drama league, no one personifies it more right now than James Harden. Yeah, but if the NBA was like a big drama, let's say, James Harden's like the character that everyone's just over. Like yeah, it's so, it's so predictable. Like it's like do something, do something, surprise somebody. And why? Like why now? The 76ers are going to try to win again this year with Nick Nurse. Like why not give it a shot one more year? Yeah, I, I, you're right. Like I don't see what from this last playoff run makes James want to be like, oh, I don't want to be with this team. Only the only thing I can think of is like like you said, the report by Shams where like apparently his relationship with Daryl Morey is quote unquote fractured. And maybe Daryl Morey told him when they traded for him, they're like, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna take care of you long term." And now, um, if I'm being honest, Morey's probably like, "Yeah, James, we're probably not trying to, you know, sign you to like a really max deal or anything. You you know, what about these numbers?" And James Harden's probably like, "No, like I want money. Like, and I don't blame him. Like, you you're in this industry to get paid, but like, that's where I think the relationship is at, and that's probably why. But I do find it odd. Like, the 76ers have." like promising pieces on this team. There's a guy in Tyrese Maxey who's going to develop. They brought in a new coach who's way more offensive minded than Doc Rivers was. At least he's good at it. Unlike Doc Rivers and Nick Nurse. <laughs> you haven't so had like, a lot of Doc Rivers slander recently. Yeah, I, I've taken a backseat on the Doc train, but you know, we'll, we'll bring it back. Is it because he's jobless? Yes. I, I feel bad. <laughs> the guy Don't want to kick a man when he's hey, down. I say that, but apparently Doc Rivers is one of the top candidates to replace Jeff Van Gundy on ESPN's broadcast. Please no. Yeah. So it's JJ Reddick's bringing the leading candidate, but Doc Rivers, Doris Burke, and I believe like one or two other names are uh i can't imagine listening to doc river's voice for three hours <laughs> it's during. like listening to the cookie monster like on crack <laughs> like that's literally what it is listening to doc rivers on our broadcast <laughs> i do an impersonation dope. but i don't think i could do a good one that might be the best thing i've ever heard in my okay well i kind of need an impersonation i don't know if i can you can't say that and then not give us an uh, impersonation I, I need i need a sentence or a phrase i don't know like what would, what would be like a phrase you'd hear on the espn broadcast Oh, anything Mark Jackson says. Oh, what was Mark Jackson's like? Uh, so super common line where he says like, uh, the bread basket. No, like, damn, what is it? That that's Mark. That's a uh, Mark Jones. Isn't oh, it? right. Uh, he says like he doesn't say like pardon my take or something, but there's something that Mark uh Jackson says that's like super like common. God, this is gonna really bug me. I need you guys to like talk while I figure this out. Uh, who's your favorite Sesame Street <laughs> character, Spencer? Who's my favorite Sesame Street character? Yeah. Oh, man. There's so um, many to choose from. There's Elmo. There's no, Big Bird. No. There's Oscar the Grouch. That's close. It's up there, but I got to go with like... Uh, with oh. all due respect. Is okay. that what he says? Mark Jackson says that a lot? He's like, oh, yes. with all due respect. Oh, yeah, he yeah. Does. yeah. I, can I say that as Doc? I don't know. I don't know. He wants to try it so But he sees like a demon trying know. to come out of him. I have no idea. I don't know if I have the dog voice. Like, With all due respect. Like, just, <laughs> something like that. I, it, you, you literally just have to sound like you've lost your voice entirely and then got punched in the throat <laughs> right after that. And then you start talking. That's Doc yeah, Rivers. That's pretty accurate. Yeah. So, Sesame Street characters? Bert. Bert? Uh, Bert. Really? I wasn't a big Sesame Street guy as a kid. I, I messed I with Elmo it, like crazy. Like that's my guy, but that's about it. I Why watched it, but I didn't on here? really care enough to have a favorite character. Kermit is literally the Muppets. Why is he on here? I told Google. Man. <laughs> what are people doing? Uh, I like Count Von Count. Oh, that's a good one. I like counting with him. Sometimes I forget how to count to 10 and he helps me out. What were we oh, talking Sesame about? Sesame Street is the show for you then. <sighs> Okay then. Uh, what, what were we talking? Okay, all right. Don't give me that response. Okay then. Yeah. <laughs> Try to. Right. It's fine to like Sesame Street. Bo Burnham no, wrote the was, songs for the movie that comes. It was, it's coming it was out. for the counting comment where you said you sometimes forget how to count. I I said we're on episode twelve. I got that part right. All right. I just know that it's the last episode plus one. Take I mean, you go. sounds like you know how to count. Count Von Kant would be proud of you. You just add one every time. Well, Spencer's not proud of you apparently. You know what nine plus ten is? Twenty-one. Good, good boys. Yeah, uh, Harden. I'm very tired of seeing this whole behavior. I, I think he should just run it back this year and see what happens and then get paid in the offseason. It's not like Harden's not going to get paid if he has a good season. He's going to get a decent contract, like probably two, three years at like decent money. It's just he apparently wants all the money. I don't know how much better he can get it than he has it right now, though. That's why I just, I'm so over it. Yeah, I so. agree. 
That was a deep sigh. So sorry, James Harden, but you deserve it. You're yeah. stealing my gimmick. Can't sorry, do that. That, that was very natural. It's just James Harden just brought that out of me. Another thing, the Suns are back in the news again. First off, Bradley Beal is reportedly going to be their starting point guard next season. Do we have any initial uh, thoughts on that one? Yeah, when For the a guy Wizards doesn't, did that, it didn't work. Yeah. That's my thought. It was a worse team, but it didn't work. It's not like Bradley Beal isn't capable of things like that. He is still averaging pretty well with his assists, I believe. Yeah, he averaged 5.4 last year. So he can still do it. We just haven't seen it on a level where he's consistently needs the ball in his hands. Running up and down the court and facilitating, I think, is a little bit interesting. I don't really have it too much of an issue with it. I mean, someone has to do it on that team, and I don't really think you want Kevin Durant doing that. I swear, like, three years ago, they wanted to move Devin Booker to point guard as well, didn't they? I'd much Before rather, they got Chris yeah. Paul? I'm sorry. I'd much rather have Devin uh, Booker as my point guard. But I would trust him more. The thing is, like, Bradley Beal, his most effective trait is scoring and shooting the ball. And he, when John Wall was in uh, Washington, was a phenomenal off-ball shooter. Like, just running around screens, getting open and getting his looks. I get it. He's evolved since then. But I just don't see enough of him being a, a lead playmaker on an elite team. Like Devin Booker has had to been when he's had like almost like no point guard help. And he was, before Chris Paul, it was basically all Devin Booker having to create. And yeah. he, I'm not saying he's an elite point guard. He's just an elite scorer and bucket getter. And kind of similar to Bradley Beal, but I think better. So I trust Devin Booker with the ball a lot more. I don't like this in the sense where like, I think this really muddies the role for what Bradley Beal is there to do. Yeah. Like, you didn't bring him in to be a playmaker. You brought him in to be a scorer. Like, that's no shock to anyone. So when then you ask him to have the ball in his hands and he needs to be able to facilitate and get other people's shots, I don't know, like, how that defines his role all that well. And I think that's going to cause problems for them. I think they're going to have growing pains because of it. I feel like they could just try it out and then be like, okay, look, this isn't working. And they could try to put Booker in there instead. I don't know if a team will give in that easily because if Bradley's just going to accept this as his new role, it is what it is. But yeah, I think that poses a lot of interesting questions because, yeah, Bradley Beal is known for his off-ball game, especially in Washington, like you said. It just feels like a strange move. I don't have too much issues with it, but I think it's more of a case of like we're going to have to look and see what happens with that. And maybe he is better than we were expecting. Who knows? He could come out and be like this elite assist god out of nowhere. Maybe. He also probably won't be like a traditional point guard. Like you no. have to imagine Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are still getting a lot of the offensive creativity in the half court offense. So I don't think it'll be very traditional. Yeah, it's not like he's guard. being asked to do that much. He's just being asked to move the ball up and help move the play, which he would have been doing anyways, regardless. Okay, it's just yeah. now he's just going to have that designation of a point guard. Yeah, I think the big thing with this team is going to be what is the identity they're able to like craft and create out of this roster. Yeah. Devin Booker's best success as a as a team has been with a traditional point guard in Chris Paul. You can argue that Kevin Durant has found success with high-scoring point guards, namely Steph Curry, but he Steph Curry is also an elite elite playmaker. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Steph Curry is a point guard. Yeah, like he is a point guard, you yeah. know what I mean? So like these two two stars that have found a lot of success with a traditional point guard in very different ways, I'll agree with that. So like I think, yes, can Bradley Beal eventually find his way with this team and succeed? But I also think, like, they are complicating it more than they need to with something like that. Like, they could have kept it simple. Like, just bring in literally any serviceable playmaker. Like, you brought in Jordan Goodwin in that trade with Bradley Beal. I'm not saying he's an elite point guard or anything, but, like, literally somebody just out there to play in the picker and roll and pass the ball to people when they're open. Like, let Bradley Beal be what he was brought here to be, which is a scorer, and let Devin Booker and Kevin Durant have the ball pretty much every other time on the floor. Like the point guard position, even though the positions are kind of fluid nowadays, should, in my opinion, just be a body needing to be filled on the floor. But now they're, they're giving Bradley Beal apparently this like quote unquote designation. I think that like makes it a bit more convoluted than it needs to be. But yeah, I think at the end of the day, these guys are so talented that they can probably figure it out. Yeah, it'll probably be basically interchangeable with who's running the half court offense, I have to imagine. So they might be starting him at point guard, but I don't know how much point guard role he will have each game. Yeah. From one guard on their team to another that is no longer there, Campaign, who probably could have been a replacement yeah. <laughs> as a point guard. Oh, he would have been. He would have been the starting point guard. He has been traded away with a second-round pick to San Antonio for cash, and with that move, it freed up some space for them to give a fully guaranteed one-year contract to Bull Bull, who is coming in with a swap 
they did the three second rounders in a pick swap with Orlando to move that one in. What do we think of Bull Bull? So we touched on it when he was cut. We didn't. I don't think any of us said like where he would go. We just said, oh, poor Bull Bull. But a lot of people were mocking him in the starting lineup, which oh, I don't know about that. I do also don't know about that. But I am seeing him being mocked in the starting lineup. Yeah, it's all those graphics you have seen. It's like best starting five ever. Yeah, it's like, what? And it's like, do we know who we're talking about here? Yeah, like, my thing with the, this move, I would have loved for Campaign to still be on this team, but we saw that Matt Ishbia's mortgage money apparently has a limit. They say $15 million in luxury tax payments by trading Campaign, and that's why they did it. Mm. So they basically wanted to save money, and obviously the, the open roster spot, but I think if they had Campaign on a cheaper deal, they absolutely would have kept him. But instead, they need to save money according to their ownership, which, again, Matt HBA, even though he's a billionaire, I guess he does have a limit when it comes to spending. Sure. And now they add in Bull Bull, who is going to be interesting. I think my biggest thing for this is I'm going to like that Bull Bull will have eyes on him for people to see him play. And it'll be, in, I think, a relatively low-pressure situation. I think people kind of are, like, low on the, the stock of Bull Bull right now, especially, like, what he plays. Remember we talked about it, like, a couple of weeks ago when I brought up like how people see Wemby versus Bull Bull. Obviously, Wemby, I think we can say is a better prospect, but similar type of builds and games. So like Bull Bull won't have the pressure of that. He won't have to live up to that by any means in terms of what he was thought to be when he came into this league. Mm. And he'll be doing on a relatively competitive team. So people will be watching him. Like People can evaluate his talent, and this is probably the best opportunity he'll have with the best talent to play with. So now it's on him. Like Go and show that you're going to be a serviceable NBA player, and let's see what you can do. Yeah, I I like Bull Bull still. I think I think people need to chill every time there's a seven footer that can dribble a little bit, and people think that they're going to come in the league and put up twenty five a game. Like Bull Bull is still a good player. I think he averaged like close to ten points last year and like fifty five percent shooting. Yeah. So like that's serviceable, especially off the bench. Like they need depth, and um, he's definitely a good player they can bring off of the bench, provide some bench scoring, probably get a few more touches than he even got in Orlando. Let's be honest, they don't really have much depth right now, so. He kind of got phased out towards the end in Orlando, which is why they released him. Uh, yeah, he's only twenty three. Like, he he's he's gonna get a chance to do something. It is what it is. It's fine. I, I don't really have too much of an opinion on this. He shouldn't be starting. That's for sure. If he's starting, something's going wrong. He's gonna have an opportunity though, because there are other forwards. Drew Eubanks, Keita Bates, <laughs> Raptors Diop. legend Drew Eubanks. Yeah, Keita Bates, <laughs> Diop, Chemezi Metu uh deandre aiden obviously and then kevin durant like obviously aiden and durant are going to be in there but like out of the other like forwards utah watanabe like drew eubanks he's gonna get he's gonna compete for minutes against these guys you know what i mean so like i think that'll be interesting also i totally forgot eric gordon is on the suns he should be your point guard i'm sorry like i don't like are you bringing in as a sixth man yeah Yeah. six man score i i guess but you have josh okoji there too like, I, can, I can see him coming off the bench. Damian Lee, they can do their damage. I think Eric Gordon, is, I think he, if he's not starting, he's definitely going to be in your closing lineup. Mm, like he's an elite shooter. Know. He can still be out there, and he's just a smart vet. Yeah, it just depends what Eric Gordon we get, really. He was so unmotivated before, so it's kind of hard for me to be like, oh, like he's kind of falling off because yeah. he was so unmotivated and you just wanted out. Um, yeah, I think that's literally all it was because yeah. in the Rockets, when uh, CP and uh, James Harden was there, he was sick. Like Eric Gordon was really, really good. And then, obviously, when they all left and he was stuck there in purgatory, he's like, why am I here? These these rookies and these young players really aren't taking this as seriously as I am. And he basically just gave up on the team. That's a different thing altogether. But he's been – literally, he's wanted to be part of this Phoenix team for so long. Like, he's made it very clear that Phoenix is one of his destinations, even past free agencies and whatnot. So, like, I think he'll be super motivated this time around. And I think – Eric Gordon would be a great fit with this starting lineup. Obviously, he's older, but so is his like son's core yeah. outside of like DeAndre Aiden. So like I don't know. I, I, if he comes as a six man role, like sure. But I think putting him as your point guard and letting Bradley Beal and um, Devin Booker cook, like I think, would be so much better. Just to play devil's advocate a little bit, uh, who would really would their half court offense and their bench then just be terrible? I think it's gonna be terrible regardless. But if you have at least Aaron Gore or Eric Gordon in there, who's like a I agree with you that he's probably going to be closing a lot of games because, like, he's such, like, he's just reliable. But I just feel like starting, like, I feel like they're going to need that reliable first guy off the bench. Yeah, I don't know about starting. Closing for sure. Yeah, like, my issue with him being the sixth man, and he's obviously shown he's an elite sixth man back in the day, is, like, then that, like we said, the bench isn't very good, so then all the pressure is on him. You're putting all the pressure to lead a a bench unit for a quote-unquote 
championship contender with a 34 year old yeah and he's not the best like playmaker either like let's be honest he's yeah. reliable scorer but like yeah. i don't know so literally like if he's in the starting lineup at least there's way less pressure on him he's like the fourth option probably fifth option in some scenarios and he's just out there to fill space move the ball because like your main ball handlers are still going to be devin booker and kevin durant like yeah. they're going to have the ball more than anything moving it like eric gordon if he's out there serviceably to play make when he needs to like i think will work better like, again, he could do it as a six-man role, but then almost all the pressure is on him to lead that bench unit. Yeah, that I'm looking at that roster that Jake just pulled up. That is messy. I'm not really sure. <laughs> I it's don't know weird what's going to happen. Because there is good players on their bench. I just don't know where everyone fits. Yeah, it's a weird order. mix. It's a weird mix for sure. Bowl Bowl should be getting minutes over Drew Banks. Sorry, Drew Banks. Um, yeah, I don't know how Drew Eubanks is even mocked a second. Lee, man. I think just Drew is a big bat. He's a big body. Well, we agree, though, if Gordon's coming off the bench, that probably the one-two off the bench is Gordon and Watanabe, right? Saban Lee cannot yeah. be their backup point guard. He is one of the most inefficient players in the NBA. Damian Lee is still there, too. I don't know if it's on this one, but yeah, he's fifth, yeah. fifth there. Or I feel like Damian Lee should be higher. What happened to him? He was playing well for the last season. I don't know why he's mocked so low. Uh, yeah, I think this depth chart's way off. ESPN's goofing. Yuta Watanabe's going to get minutes because he's just a catch-and-shoot player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's gonna well, he proved it wasn't Damian a Damian Lee averaged year. eight points, three rebounds, and, like, assist and a half. On he's like, serviceable. On, like, 40% from the field. He's completely playable. From three, they like, have, like, so. eight guys that could all be in their bench unit. I'm not sure yeah. who's going to fall out and who's going to oh, get in there. This just shows us ESPN's depth chart is whack, and that's probably because of all the layoffs they've had. Kendrick Perkins Oof. making these depth charts. <laughs> Hire us, Fair. ESPN. Yeah. Yes. We'll make a better depth chart for you. You want some very motivated and fresh... Voices? Voices. Like I was, I was going to say something else. I think you saved me. I don't know where I was yeah, going. My what? brain was panicking a little bit there. Did you see like the... Yeah, you were trying to think of the word. The fear in my eyes. I almost said kids. That was not... Fresh the kids. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't think that's I the I have word. so many jokes I can make, but I'm not going to to save my employment chances. Yeah, Bull Bull doesn't... Fully move the needle, but it is what it is. He's a death piece. We'll see what it's happens. Exciting, low them. risk, high reward. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I just I don't care. I don't know why everyone's making it such a big deal. Because it's team bias, right? He's yeah. on the Suns now, so everyone he's on, thinks yeah. he's going to put up forty points a game. Everyone went from clowning the Suns to now like they're America's team. Yeah, team, team bias, man. People love. Hey, you're still fully on this team. Oh, right? I'm taking them to come out the West. They're my team. It's crazy how you went from Nuggets to them. I still think Nuggets are really, really good. I just think repeating, especially nowadays, is so hard. Everything literally needs to go your way. I think people are really low on the Nuggets right now, too, because they lost a lot of pieces. Yeah, losing uh, Bruce Brown, Jeff Green, two like, key pieces was a big, big hit for them. But I don't, at the end of the day, you still have your main core. And they also yeah, drafted yeah. to help them now. Yeah, like Christian Brown is going to take on a bi- uh, bigger role, and he's going to be good. And I think they drafted two seniors, like late first, early second. So. Yeah. Quickly, before we get to Team Canada, which is something that I want to talk about, uh, I wanted to quickly do a little bow on Summer League just because it's over. The Cleveland Cavs are your MVP. Cleveland, that one's for you. They got a championship. (laughs) Did I say MVP? (laughs) Yeah. Summer League champions. Yeah, there you go. So they won, and it was everyone's favorite player, including Daniel. Daniel has been loving this player since day one. Isaiah Mobley. Yeah, MVP. Good for him. the MVP. He's carved out a role on that team, hasn't he? Yeah, he's he's good, man. He I always thought he was a bit undersized, but he uses what he has so well that I think that he's going to be a good role player for the Cavs. Yeah, he showed like sparks on like this Cavs team isn't necessarily all that old. So to have another young talent that can possibly blossom is really exciting for them especially with the way their season ended like they are sure they have so much promise but it almost feels like they're reaching like this point of like plateau where like hey are you gonna take that next leap or are you just this is who you are as a team so i think that's exciting to have somebody else part of that i also just loved imani bates the tweet after with the championship when he's like cleveland (laughs) this is for you yeah like copying the iconic LeBron line for our summer league championship. So funny. I, I think it's funny and I think it's just good vibe. So good for them. It's, it's a, it's a nice thing to accomplish. Yeah. Cam Whitmore, the overall MVP, I think silencing a lot of the haters. Good for him. He dropped in the dr- draft and 20th. he came out and he proved that he's looking good. Yeah. All these teams worry about attitude problems, but they're trading for James Harden every year. So Damn. dumb. There's a mic drop. I don't think He's, we can add any more to that. That was 
a massive Mike Jones. Hamlet Moore's a beast. Yeah, I'm excited to watch him play. He feels like one of the most NBA ready players. I know people talk about Scoot Henderson a lot. He Cam Whitmore feels like he's ready for a lot of He has an edge role. on him and like that's probably part probably of, a good yeah. thing. Yeah, I think like getting drafted twentieth overall might be one of the best things for his career because he's gonna be pissed off about it, which he clearly seems to be showing while playing. So I think if he can keep that like hunger because of what happened, I think it's gonna go a long way for him. Yeah, what a great pick by Houston too. Like they were the, it made sense though because they were the first team kind of there that could take a risk on someone, and they did, and it, it looks like it's gonna work. And they out. scouted for him at their like draft pick, right? Like at the at the fourth spot, they yeah. they considered taking him. So yeah. the fact that they got him at twenty, they were prepared to take him. They knew what they were getting, and they got him at the absolute lowest value, which is fantastic. Yeah, he was mocked to like six, seven. Honestly, I'm surprised by how a lot of these kids looked. A lot of them looked really, really good. And I think that's a good thing. Like, very rarely do we see a lot of rookies come in and, like, make splash. And, yeah, at Summer League, it is what it is. They're playing against a bunch of other kids and people fighting for contracts. But I was impressed by a lot of the people I saw. Yeah, like, it's a great draft class. Barry Smith Jr., Jalen Williams look like absolute gods out there. <laughs> Jalen Williams huge Yeah, now. Chad Holmgren coming back looked decent. We saw yeah. what Wemby could do. Obviously, Scoot Henderson before the injury. Brandon Miller was a bit up and down, but you saw the potential there. Like... There's a lot of really, really young players, other than on the Raptors, I'm sorry, that are, like, doing really well out there. And I think, I'm kidding, Grady Dick had a pretty decent outing. Marquise Noel, like, kind of showed flashes here or there. But I think it just shows that the talent level or the talent pool of basketball players is bigger than it's ever been. Yeah. Especially because of the emergence of, like, basketball in Europe and in Asia and how much talent is being, like, brought up there and grown. I think it's going to be insane just that, the type of prospects we see coming in the future. There's just, there's just more ball players than ever before. And you're going to see a lot of it. And that's why trading for superstars doesn't work anymore. Because everyone's so good. Absolutely. Grady Dick rounded out his season with the Raptors. couple good performances towards the end there. So I, at least a bit more optimistic. That whole team, they finally got a win. Their last Woo-hoo. game, they got a win. <laughs> they won. And then they immediately cut Joey's camp right after. Yeah, his, his contract was set to guarantee, like, literally the next day, yeah. which they weren't going to do, obviously, unless they were, like, super impressed with him. So now they have an extra roster spot. Let's see what they do with it. Yeah. I, I mean, Joe is all right. <laughs> yeah. I don't think anyone. He was brought in to be a shooter. It doesn't really affect me. And he wasn't, me. like, you're either, you either got to be, like, a fan favorite, like a Matt Thomas, like, meme guy, or you have to be able to hit shots, like, an elite rate, which is technically what your identity is supposed to be, and he didn't do either of those guys. Well, we all know that the roster is going to be – to doubt in any ways, right? Yeah. So that's not really much of a surprise. I was just shocked they gave Wieskamp what they did last year after his 10-day. I was like, whoa. Well, to be honest, when we saw him play for the 905, I was so unimpressed with him. And I know it was only one game, but I was like, from that point forward, I was like, I don't care. He's not more but a taller Matt Thomas. (laughs) Yes. And unfortunately for him, he makes less shots. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't shoot as well. Yeah. So I don't think anyone's really surprised by that movement. Uh, to Team Canada we go because the FIBA World Cup rosters have been announced. And there has been a lot of Canadians, a lot of eyes on Canadians, especially from American media, which is actually really exciting to watch. Mainly from two names here with Shai Gilgis Alexander and Jamal Murray as the two that are coming there. One noticeable, noticeable name not there, Andrew Wiggins, once again, not playing for Canada for reasons we are quite frankly, never going to find out about, but just Wiggins isn't there again. Um, this is not anything new with Canada. It's just what Wiggins does. Some more names here. Dylan Brooks, RJ Barrett, O'Shea Brissett getting a spot on this team as well. And then you got your Canada staples in Mikhail Alexander Walker, Corey Joseph, Kelly Olenek, Dwight Powell. So what do we think of this team overall? Oh, and Lou Dort. Got to throw him in there too. What are we thinking of this team overall? And how do we think that they are going to fare at the FIBA World Cup? Uh, well, obviously, Jamal Murray and, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander are awesome, and they're two of arguably the top seven guards in the, point guards in the league, arguably. According to our draft, they are. Yeah, according, <laughs> according to our draft, to our they're fans both top not. five. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, anyways. Uh, <laughs> He's going to get to that later, don't you worry. So I'm not going to talk too much about the overall team. I'm going to let Zolfi do that. But I just want to say that I'm very happy to see that two of the best guards in the world are playing for Canada. They're actually playing. I was a yeah. little bit worried that maybe one of them wouldn't play, but they're both there. They're both great. Uh, one's a champion. One's an all-NBA first-team player. And I'm very excited, actually. I think this is probably 
Canada's largest collection of talent heading into one of these in a very, very, very long time. Yep. I tried looking up official numbers, but it's hard to really compare it to teams in the past how many NBA players were on uh, Team Canada. But this is definitely at the top or like near it at least. Uh, like you said, Spencer, uh, Shy and Jamal leading the way. Absolutely great. Again, two elite, elite players that you're going to like fans of not even just Canada basketball will want to watch these guys. That's how good they are, and that's how exciting they are. And I think the collection of, like, wing defensive depth is really exciting to me. Mm-hmm. You have Lou Dort and Dylan Brooks, who are great wing defenders. Obviously, like, Sh- uh, Shy and Jamal aren't bad either, but Nikhil Alexander is not bad. We Like, RJ Barrett's still there, and he is such a, like, spark plug and, like, mystery on this team. He got put up 20 a night, but he can, or he can just be locking up the other team's best, like, wing player. You never know what he can do. He's yeah. going to be uh, so, like, curious to watch. So I think that is super exciting. And uh, I think, like, there's also... I want to see what these other, like, guys on the fringes can do. So, like, Kevin Payne goes as that NBA experience. What does he have to offer? Obviously, you have your other guys and, like, Dwight Powell and then vets like Kelly Olenek and Corey Joseph. What do they have to offer for a team like this? You have... I have to obviously mention the CEBL guys who are in this. You have Cassius Robinson and uh, Thomas Scrub. Phil Scrub even played in CBL before. Those are guys who are going to be hungry to showcase themselves on literally the biggest stage. Obviously, this is a training camp roster, so maybe those and some of those guys at the end there get cut because I believe it's only 14 that go, and this is a list of 18 names. So some of them will get cut, but I want to see who emerges along with these like 11 NBA experienced players and what they can do and offer on this team. But my main, main thing with this uh, Team Canada is you got to get out of the group stage. Yeah. That is no ifs, ands, or buts. If you want to qualify for the Olympics, there's two ways you do it. Either one, win the World Cup, which I love Canada. It's going to be hard to predict that they win it, maybe, but it's not likely because there's so many other good teams. Or you have to finish top two in the Americas, so like probably behind the United States. I don't know exactly what they define as the Americas. It's kind of vague, but I'm assuming it's North and South America and the teams involved from there. So you assume uh, USA is going to be number one, Mm -hmm. and they have to at least be number two. So with the talent they have, and that said... They have to qualify. If they don't, it's going to be an abject failure. Like, it just yeah. is. So, they need to do that. But in saying that, the group stage for them is going to be tough because I think the one weakness on this roster is bigs. And obviously, you have Kelly Olenek, like I said, Dwight Powell, Zach, Eddie. Is it Edie or Eddie? I think it's Eddie. So, Zach, I Eddie. thought it was Edie. I thought it was Edie as is well. Is it Edie? Okay, my apologies. Zach Edie is like seven foot four. He's massive, but he's a college kid. So, yeah. you don't really know what you're going to get from him on the international level. So when you have those guys going up against a group that has Latvia, Lebanon, and France, namely France and Latvia, where France is going to have a Victor Wembanyama and a Rudy Gobert in the front court, and then yep. in Latvia you have Kristaps Porzingis, like again another massive seven footer who's just going to be able to feast against these bigs. I think it does cause like reason for concern. But if there's ever going to be a team that gets a team Canada that can get out of the group stage and do something, it's this squad right here. So at this point, it's like there's nothing left. You have to go out and do it. It's time, right? Everything's been leading up to this. For all of the one domino effect of the Raptors winning the championship and just seeing everything explode has led up to this moment. This is time for Canada to go do something. And they're taking it seriously, too. Like, Good. the whole Andrew Wiggins not being there. And, like, you obviously saw names like Benedict Mather and Shaden Sharp. Like, where are these guys? You don't know the exact reasons, but we do know what Canada has done is they've taken on this model that mimics a bit of Team USA where they want three-year commitments. Mm. They don't want guys just for the World Cup. They don't ideally want guys just for the Olympics. Although, I will say, if Wiggins comes and says, I want to play in the Olympics, I'm sure they'll let him. Yeah. But they're trying to take it seriously where they want to build a team with continuity. So they're doing the right things. Asking for three-year commitments out of players. So we know a guy like Shy or Jamal, barring any injuries, are going to be there for the World Cup, which, which is, is awesome. amazing. It's, yeah. it's so good for your program to have that. Yeah. So that's nice. But yeah, like you said, like everything from the championship and the buzz and everything is leading up to this moment. This yep. is the start. Obviously, the Olympics is the final goal, but this is the start. And this is going to be such a barometer for all of that and if it was worth it. And if you go out there and crap the bed then it's like, well, what was all this for? Especially with all the talent that you have. Because, like, really, yeah. how do you go up from here talent-wise other than adding maybe an Andrew Wiggins or Benedict Mather and Shane Sharp? Like, and that's that. those guys aren't really going to move the needle all that much versus, because, no. again, next to Team USA, this is probably the most talented team. I think we can agree yeah. on that. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. I think the one positive that Canada and other teams have that are a bit smaller is they do get to carry an identity. Um, just looking at this U.S. roster, I'm seeing a whole lot of ball handlers. So, like, the thing about Canada is we're going to have 
specific people that fit into specific roles. I agree. Like someone like O'Shea Brissett's not coming in expecting to take 10 shots a game. He knows his role. He's going to do it well because he does it well in the NBA. And I think that Canada has a great chance to do something. Again, their size is a bit worrying. I like that they have bigger forwards and guards to kind of help. Yeah. But uh, they're they're definitely lacking a bit in the uh, big man department. Yeah. I mean, Dwight Powell's Dwight Powell. He's not going to add too, too much. Kelly Olenek, they're both they're, – they're not really these game-changing centers, but also yeah. I don't really think they need to be. Yeah, they're, they're just there to help facilitate and give it to your two guys. Yeah, I'm just worried for when they take on the seven footers, which their group right. has a lot of. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, that's the and the, the one, the only one they have is a college kid. Yeah, well, Dwight Powell and Kelly Olynyk also spend more time in the corners than they do in the paint. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I don't know how much I trust them guarding Porzingis in the low post, or I guess Victor Wembanyama. We don't know how effective he's gonna be. I, I'm not too worried about Rudy Gobert, but then it. Are we just going to get dominated on the boards by France because Rudy Gobert's there? And then are we going to give up, you know, 10 more opportunities because they have 10 O-boards from Rudy Gobert? Maybe, but we get to find out very soon, I guess. Isn't it just nice that three years ago, the the talk was always if Andrew Wiggins was playing or not, if he's playing or not. And now he's not playing and no one really cares because this is how much it's grown is that we have two better players that are clearly committed to their program. And it's nice to see. It's nice to see two star players committing to our program and being like yes we want to support our country i love it i love it i'm happy that there's something to be excited about for canada basketball because for so long there was nothing to be excited about they were like a laughing stock every single time because no one ever came out and there was hardly ever nhl nhl (laughs) completely wrong sport (laughs) nba canadian stars in the league and now they have so many at their disposal that are growing and continuing to grow. And even the young guys that are on the roster, like you're saying, in Matherin or Sharp, one day they'll be there. Absolutely. And that's even more exciting. But for now, this for the roster they have, I am more excited to see what happens because I think they have a legitimate chance. Yeah. And thinking about when they build off this they should get out of the group round. If they don't, then we're gonna have a different conversation because that's a disaster. Yeah, as concerned as I am with like the the the, th- the challenges they face in this group, I think that is literally their only challenge in this group. Because if they can overcome the bigs and what they have going on in that regard, I think that's gonna go such a long way for them beyond the group stage because it'll be yep. like their test, right? Yeah. And again, I'll say I have concerns, but I am absolutely thrilled to watch. Like other like Canada like uh, events and games leading up to this, I paid attention to. I know what's going on in terms of like previous qualifiers and stuff like that. But this, I'm gonna be probably tuned in for every single game, paying attention for it, and I'm so excited. Absolutely. Well, also I want to add, it's very exciting that we also arguably have what a top three or four player in the tournament. Yeah. Shy is gonna pop off, man. Oh. Nope. Oh. Something happened to my headset, but whatever. Oh. No, well, we can hear you. Like, no, it's just, it was just my headset. We're all good. Okay. Technical yeah. difficulties. Yeah, just right in the middle. Yeah. I, as soon as you, don't say oh like that. That's like the most heart like scaring thing. I had to check to see if we were still Oh, recording. well, I didn't know what was going on. My headset just completely shut off. So I was like, oh, what's going on? But they didn't want to hear you speak in truth. Yeah, someone's yeah, trying yeah, to sabotage me. I can't speak today. Here, let me segue. They didn't want to hear you talk about your point guard picks from last week. <laughs> Thank apparently, you. they were awful. Thanks for taking that over First of all, for me, Zulfi. <clears throat> I just want to say I worked with what I had. Um, second of all, Jalen Brunson is the most disrespected player in the NBA, and I've never thought that until we did this draft. This guy averaged 24 points per game last year, 6.2 assists. He shot 41% from deep, almost 50% from the field, 49%. And this guy had two more win shares than Trey Young. Like, how, I don't understand how Jalen Brunson is so hated on. I, I honestly... There might be six guy, six point guards in the or seven point guards in the entire league that I'll take over Jalen Brunson, and that's my hot take for the day. I I don't think it's that hot personally. I find it weird how many people were just not into Jalen Brunson, which is like he's one of my favorite point guards to watch. I he's in New York, one of the biggest media markets, and they kicked ass this season. He's arguably the most efficient point guard in the league. And like that's what you want from your point guard. You want an efficient player that's gonna do all the th- everything right. And I, I think that's too. what Jalen Brunson is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But other thoughts on the draft? What do you guys think? Um, so we had 28 votes in total on our Twitter. So first of all, this is not gonna be like a one-time thing. We're gonna keep doing this 
all off season. And we're taking a break this week because Dan hates us. But next week we'll be back. So follow the podcast on Twitter and vote. We had like a thousand three hundred views. Twenty eight people yeah, voted. Are you on, kidding guys. me, people? It's one click of a button. You see the thing in front of you. You can see the better team. <clears throat> mine. I want to vote say <laughs> otherwise, but okay. And I, that, okay, yeah. No, I need to. T- I need to talk for a second. I right, go for it. I was tied with Daniel until the last five minutes. Five minutes of this thing, and Spencer sat here in dead last with the only two votes being himself and his girlfriend. <laughs> so and I wasn't even going to vote on it, but then nah. I realized I had no votes. Like, I got nah, it. I respect it. I, I respect it. There. I didn't vote until the very end but either. To be fair, if I'm looking at my point guards, I'm looking at either yours, I'm probably voting both yours over mine. Like, that's just, that's just facts. I don't know, man. There's something about Darius Garland on Dan's team that is just like, I wouldn't, I, especially looking at your team, I think your team's better solely off the fact that you have Brunson over someone like I just, Garland. I just, Spencer, I feel like your team is so criminally underrated. It was so disrespectful. players I really like. I, do, I just think it's three point guards that do everything right. Like, yeah. they always try to do the right thing. Yeah. They always try to run the offense in the right way. And, like, that's what I really look for in a point guard. Like, I mean, I love Kyrie Irving. Don't get me wrong. I love watching him play. But I think, like, him as a point guard just isn't as effective as someone like Jalen Brunson. I'm just going to say that, like, at this point in their career anyways. Obviously, Kyrie Irving was awesome in Cleveland. And he's still awesome. But he gets traded to a team like Dallas that has sort of a ball handler in Luka. And then they they drop five seeds. Yeah. I think I got, like, the benefit of the doubt because my players have, like, the name value. No, they saw your name. So that's why they I will mean, win. People nah, like I me. Mean, I mean, it might help, but yeah. honestly, if you if you do look just at the names, like yeah. Zolfi's do pop, like yours, your team and Zolfi's team pop off the most straight off the page. Like in terms of names, but well, like it's I, the Steph th- factor on mine. Yeah, but again, like I look at Spencer's team, like Dame, Jamal, and Jalen Brunson, and I'm like, those are three really, really good players that I really like, really efficient, like no mistakes, and I'm like, I wouldn't want to pick against that, but. The I think problem yeah. is, is like how can you pick those three guys over a team with Steph or a team with Luca? Like instantly, yeah. you see the best player being Steph versus Damian. Lillard. Yeah, I it's think that's like, the big one. Like, how just, can I vote for that team over? You just this rank team? immediately. I think I, I I got the benefit of the doubt because of the most rounded team, I guess. Well, you getting Kyrie at the very end was like basically a steal. Yeah, I was surprised that like was it Dan Dan picked him, Garland man. over Kyrie at the end well, there. Yeah, I was wild. I was back and forth with Trey and Kyrie. Those were my two picks. And I think if I picked Kyrie, honestly, I probably would have finished first, I think. Yeah, I, I think. thought people would be loving Trey Young. Like people I don't really like Trey. I Trae think Young people personally. are disrespecting Trey no, Young. Trey is like you either love him or you hate him. And that's him. what There's I no mean. I think people saw Trey on my list and they're like, no, nah, he picked Trey third because my first two are universally loved by everyone. Yeah. Trey is not. Trey is very mixed on by a lot of people. If I added Kyrie, also same thing, mixed, but people respect Kyrie's talent. Trey Young's talent yeah. gets disrespected a lot. People have opinions on Kyrie, but they also remember he was a god for a while. He's so fun to watch. Yeah. Like, like you watch Kyrie handle a basketball. Yeah. It's like, that's awesome. Same thing with Ja. I think people know that his off-court stuff is like obviously questionable, but they also understand that Ja Moran is probably like a, a top five, top three young talent in this league. Yeah, like other than Steph Curry, you probably drafted like the most like three electrifying point guards. Yeah. Trey Young, I would honestly throw up there because he just does things that a lot of other point guards don't do. Like, obviously, someone like Jalen Brunson or Jamal Murray, they're not as... Well, Jamal Murray's pretty flashy. Jalen Brunson, definitely not. Yeah, but with Trey, if you don't like him, you're going to go to war hating on him. Yeah, he's polarizing, so you either love him or hate him. Extremely polarizing. Trey just needs to have a redeemable moment. You know what I mean? Like, his big crux is, like, he He's a villain. Yeah, he's a villain, and he doesn't play any defense. Like, it's not the fact that he's just not good defensively. It's that he is a pure liability defensively. Like, he's just that awful. So he needs something to redeem that a little bit. Other than, you already know he's a great scorer. You already know he can pass the ball a lot. And those are things that we've known since he's been in the league. Nothing has changed in that regard. Where what has changed is that he's taking on this villain role, and then he gets torched on the other end. Yeah. So like you got you have to fix that some way before people start liking you. Just, I feel like Spencer's also is like the most defense heavy team out of the three too. Like they're the ones that I could trust on defense more. Than yeah, maybe say not. everyone else's I think team. Daniel Lillard wouldn't be, as much, yeah. but not Lillard, but Jamal and Brunson are. A very but Lillard's good still, yeah. Lillard's still a better defender, I think, than Luka Doncic. Yeah. I think that's he's better effort. than Steph I think too. he cares more. Luca would be better if he tried. He, like, just, he has he a body try. for it. Or maybe he doesn't have the energy because he has does so much on offense. Uh, Steph's gotten so much better though. That's the thing. He used to get ripped on just like Trey Young for his oh, defense, yeah. and he it, he's gotten so much better. 
He has. I think we all picked very well. I saw a lot of clownery, clowning Spencer at points too, which I thought was kind of insane. And it, it, it was an interesting to watch it unfold, honestly, because genuinely I thought I had the best. Like, I, I'm not going to lie. I, th- I felt like I had the best, but I get it looking at Zolfi's perspective because Kyrie moves the needle, I think, a little yeah. bit more. Because Shy, like, there's no question that he's a bona fide stud. I just thought the Steph Curry effect with De'Aaron Fox because how much everyone is loving on Fox right now too, because Fox is arguably like skyrocketed to being like one of like the most beloved players in yeah. the league right now. I think the thing with uh, De'Aaron Fox too is, is like if you follow the NBA and you watch, you love him, but I still don't know if he's broken the mold towards casuals. Like yeah. I don't know if yeah. casuals yet know what De'Aaron Fox is, at least at a, enough of a level. So maybe that hurt things a little bit for your, your draft. But I think, like you said, you have three like – elite point guards when it comes i think i guess we all have elite point guards since we only got three each like in terms of just like moving the ball and like doing the right things with the ball i think with steph De'Aaron, and trey young like doesn't really get much better than that all right i'm gonna say it i don't think darius garland's elite i'm, um, gonna, I'm gonna say it i'm sorry that is what's pulling me off of daniel's list in general i don't think he's elite yeah darius garland for me isn't i like one. darius garland i like him I I think I have to agree with you, Jake. I like, thought he was going to go undrafted. When he said Garland, I was like, whoa. Yeah, like, for me, Darius Garland just doesn't move the needle. I'm still taking Harden over Garland. Ah, oh, that one's tough. I'm, I don't know. Talent-wise, probably. I think Harden just and has it's, a And it's four. not fair also because Garland's 23. All right? Yeah, I, like, think, I think He's got so much potential, and he's shown that he can be a very good. I just, I don't, there's something about it. I don't know what it is, whether it's just... His stats are consistent. I just I don't think he's elite yet. That's my thing with Darius Garland. I think he's 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 just getting there. Yeah. I think when I think of elite, like you have to be doing this for a while. You have to be like an all star consistently caliber type player. And like he's had one all star season and then he followed that up by his numbers kind of dropping. I guess you add Donovan Mitchell, that doesn't help in terms of like your all star case. But I think he's so close to it, but he's not there yet. He yeah. hasn't convinced me yet that he's he's elite in terms of what he's doing. And I need to see, like, just show me some kind of a jump, and then I'll be there. Yeah. I was going to bring up a win shares point, but scrolling down and seeing Onyeka Onkongwu as 40th in win shares last year, I'm just going to keep it to myself. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I always trust on you for the obscure stats trying to get those pulled up. Well, I was just going to go say, like, SGA's best win shares for a point guard then it's luca and then guess who's third all right speaking of damian obscure, Lillard, guess who's fourth though jalen brunson you're taking all my segues i had that in my Did head you? i'm sorry <laughs> I, it was in my head i got excited okay, good. you're you trying it. to take my hosting job no now too? i don't like hosting i like talking okay i guess so speaking of obscure <laughs> you did it good job thanks zolfi like always has another raptor for us a little yes. obscure raptors this one I'm hoping is easier enough than the last one that you guys will get it. Okay. And I'll start by saying this player played for the Raptors for two seasons, 2013-2014, 2014-2015. That was after spending four seasons in Indiana, and his final season of his career was in Charlotte. I think I know who it is. He was drafted in the first round with the – 13th pick by the Pacers. I'm pretty sure. 09. I don't want to say right off the bat. I feel like that ruins it. <laughs> I, I mean, mean. Any, any initial thoughts? I don't, I, I'm pretty sure. I, I don't have any name that stuck out to me. There's a really big hint I can give you at some point, but let's. I mean, Spencer, if you have it, let's hear it. Tyler Hansborough. Yeah, you got it. Tyler Hansborough, Psycho T. One of, I think, the top. Three all-time scorer in NCAA college. I was gonna say, is he a college legend? Yeah, <laughs> North Carolina. He's he played seven years in the NBA. His time with the Raptors. Can you guess uh, what his points per game were? <sighs> I'm gonna say high. like eleven. No, seven. Oh, you thought this guy? You thought this guy was way better than he was? Oh. Six to seven. <laughs> uh, in his first season, four point nine. Oh my god, his I was way season, off. Three point six. He averaged around 15 minutes, or 14 and a half minutes a game during his two seasons with the Raptors. Why am I on yeah. a basketball podcast? Yeah. I, I don't well, know. Well, the ball. problem with Tyler Hansbro is he wasn't very good in the NBA, but he's so good in college that, like, he's you, you, you kind of get your, like, 
opinion skewed because like he was like he got a lot of tv time on the raptors even though he was he trash he was so, like the thing i was, remember the name yeah the thing that was funny about tyler hansborough was that before he joined the raptors and like obviously raptors played indiana jack armstrong did not like this dude like he would like talk, yeah he would like talk about him like he wouldn't go outright and i think say he was like dirty and whatnot and blah 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 like jack armstrong like, would just like his like tone and voice talking about him, you could tell he just wasn't a fan of Tyler Hansborough. Mm. And I just remember when he was on the team, his like opinion was like, "Oh yeah, he's one of those guys where when he's on your team you love him, but when he's not on your team you hate him." Like he had to tone it back because he knew he used to just crap on Tyler Hansborough. <laughs> so he's like, "All right, I guess I guess I kind of have to be a fan, not a fan, but like I can't say that anymore about him." So that's one of the main things I remember about Tyler Hansborough. But like he was weird. Yeah, he had this like, great college career, literally one of the best scorers and well maybe not best but like he's scored the most points in college history like probably top three i think uh he's up there yeah yeah and then uh, yeah I, rem- best, I remember yeah, him now his best season was his second year in indiana he averaged like 11 points like almost a block with like six rebounds a game which isn't all that impressive but hey seven years in the nba good for you tyler hansborough that's like the first season i got really into the raptors i think was 2012 2013 so yeah that was that's why i knew that one do you want to know what his highest point per game was 11 in indiana yeah Yeah. he was not great in the NBA. so i got one i got it kind of right i just had the wrong year yeah you'd have games where you'd come out and like Grab like five O boards and you'd be like, "Holy crap, yeah. this guy's electric!" But then he just didn't do anything for like five. Psycho T, that. baby, that was the nickname. Yeah, yeah. He shot throwback zero percent from three all the way up until Charlotte, when he <laughs> shot point six six seven. Here you go, baby. <laughs> Guy shot balling six, on his way out. Sixty seven percent from three in his last season on less than zero point one attempts a game. Yeah, I think it made his career like thirteen percent. Good that's you, crazy Hansen. that's your obscure raptor of the day how did he how was he that bad from three it's, it's, it's he, a different nba he literally was like a like the old I school guess. like bruiser yeah, yeah there's I no guess. shot like again he post attempted up. less than one a game like again he just wasn't allowed to shoot them it yeah probably he wasn't good he was a post player like <laughs> like a thoroughbred post player. they just know that he wasn't gonna get it in every oh yeah time. bigs back in the day just you're not allowed to shoot threes do you remember watching like Amir Johnson trying to th- shoot yes. a three? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that, what, did he ever try to shoot a three? Oh, you don't remember his jump shot? Yes. I remember a jumper and it looked broken as hell. He like, took some threes. He would like man. sit in the corner and every once in a while and get him be so wide open that he felt like you have to take him like break it off the side of the backboard. It's like, okay. I'm waiting for Louis Scola to show up on one of these. I, I, so my thought was like Louis Scola, but then he said only six years in the NBA. I was like, Caspi Tyron. Yeah. Yeah. I played 2K recently with Louis Scola, and he was re- he was like on an all-time team. I forget which team it Wait, was. With him, probably or the Pacers. With him in the, like, did you play like probably 2013 Pacers? Okay, I was like, oh damn, you met Louis Scola and played video games? You didn't tell us. <laughs> I, I I'm not cool enough for that. All right, it, it would have been the 2013 Pacers with Paul George, and they went to the Western Conference Finals. I don't think Eastern. I don't think that was the team. Rockets. Yeah, it, it was the Rockets. Rockets. Yeah, he was like. 76 <laughs> yeah that was the t-mac rockets yeah. no he yeah he, his level was a 76 yeah i think it was t-mac t-mac yeah yeah t- yeah yeah that was, was power that was his peak and then with argentina his with peak was a 76 and 2k he was pretty good in indiana i don't even remember that much in indiana did you ever like louis scola when he was on the raptors uh i didn't ah, like him before i actually kind of liked him when he came to the raptors you just hit these sweet spin yeah moves. he was <laughs> kind of so just slow. yeah he was just like <laughs> He reminds me of like an older European Kyle Anderson, like just. A uh, slow that's a really moving, good show. You know what I mean? Like, and the Raptors, I didn't think much of Luis Scola. Again, I think of him back in Houston, and then with Argentina and Manu Ginobili, like cooking against Team USA and stuff. Like he was an international god for a while. So yeah, he was. That's a Luis Scola. I he remember. averaged eighteen points per game one season. Yeah, in Houston. Yeah. Well, he's off my list for obscure Raptors to mention. In the future. No, you can just bring him up in like two months from now. Yeah. True. We'll see. You'll just be like, so he was drafted by Houston, and then we're all going to be like, all right, Louis. <laughs> Kyle Lowry. Oh. <laughs> yeah. How are we right. feeling? I think that's a good spot to wrap things up. It's a bit of a short. Okay, you, you're you not going to believe it. We're under an hour right now. Crazy. Well, we have like 40 seconds. Let's wrap this up. Well, I'm going to make sure that we don't go. We're going to get to the hour. All right. Okay. I'm going to at least make sure that because it looks better when we have an hour. If it talks, if they're under, be like, what were you? You talked for under an hour? You guys are just so boring, you know? Yeah. And then Daniel's gonna have be like, "Oh, you guys can't talk along without me." Okay, I we'll saw this. See if Daniel listens. I saw this crazy tweet, and it's since we only have like twenty seconds, I just need a quick yes or no. Serge Ibaka, jersey retired by the Toronto Raptors. Yes no. or no? No. Okay, that's what I thought. There's people saying that. Yes, I saw a tweet about it. More on that next week.
But for now, I just needed some initial thoughts. Oh my god. Okay, yeah, no, I, I absolutely not. Sorry. I love you, Serge. Forever Canadian icon. Yeah, no, you're not you're not getting I don't think people retirement. realize what Jersey retirement's actually are supposed to be. No, I, I don't agree. think so either. Alrighty, that about wraps up for this week's episode. We got some exciting stuff coming next week. We got this shooting guard draft as part of our off-season draft as well. We're hitting up Wentworth 3v3 tournament. It's coming on Saturday, so it's look out for baby. so much content coming out next week and the weeks prior after that. I've been Jake Schultz. If you want to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter at Jake underscore Schultz. That's S-C-H-U-L-Z-6. As well, follow the podcast, Dream Team Podcast, Apple, Spotify, on Twitter at Dream underscore Team Pod. And we're going to be on Instagram very shortly, so we'll be looking out for that one as well. We're cooking. Yeah, the Instagram could be great for like little quizzes, little segments, so keep Absolutely. an eye out for that. Um, Engage with our content. That's all we ask. Please do. Yeah. More than 28 votes next time. All right. Yeah. And you guys can follow me at Kloss Talk Sport on Twitter or sports anywhere else, pretty much. So that's C L O S S Talk Sport on Twitter and sports, plural, anywhere else. Hit up your boy on Instagram and Twitter. That's at Zulfi underscore Shake, Z U L F I underscore S H E I K H. And if you guys ever want to find some really good CEBL content, that's where yeah. you find him. Shout yes, out One of the head writers right here in this room. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. That wraps it up for this episode. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye-bye.